the kingdom of Judea in the first century before the common era was a land under occupation, occupied by a foreign government, the empire of Rome, propped up with a puppet king of their own, terrorized for not worshiping the gods of Rome, oppressed and barely allowed to practice their own faith. And as our story proceeds this evening, forced to embark on a program of relocation for tax purposes. Many leaving the only homes in the land they had ever known to return to a home they had never seen before. And in the midst of all this, we are introduced to a young woman, Mary unwed and pregnant, and a peasant to boot. Unimportant in the eyes of the empire, unworthy perhaps in the eyes of her own people in her condition, betrothed to an older man she hadn't really gotten to know yet, and lo, an angel of the Lord appears unto her, And here's the thing, the angels of Jewish folklore are not the Thomas Kincaid, brightly glowing, blonde-winged women. They are not comforting at all in their aspect. Six wings and a whole bunch of eyeballs. Not exactly a thing you're not going to be surprised at seeing. And here an angel of the Lord appears unto Mary and says... Fear not. How might Mary have rightly responded in that moment? Are you kidding? This is the most frightening thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, and you're telling me I'm also going to be pregnant even though I'm still a virgin and God's the father and I'm still going to get married to this guy. Fear not. This is the scariest thing that's ever happened to me. But she follows through. And lo, out in the fields are the shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night because the wolves are out there. This isn't some great pastoral scene. It's not pleasant. They're doing bodyguard work, and it's dangerous. The wolves are dangerous. They are risking their lives at night for the sake of their livelihood to keep it going. And they are poor people, probably beneath the notice of most unimportant in the eyes of the empire that occupies. And lo, an angel of the Lord appears unto them, and with that angel, a whole host of angels, not just the one, these frightening creatures. And this angel says unto the shepherds, fear not. How might the shepherds rightly respond in this moment? Probably head for the hills, 
run away, get back to their safe village. The wolves are bad enough, but this, this is a step too far. Even the sheep are having second thoughts about this one, giving a little side eye up at this heavenly host here. Fear not, have you seen you? Fear not. The empires of the world, the powers that demand of our time and our productivity, and the wolves that surround us demand of us our fear. Insist upon our own unimportance in the face of all that power so that we will be compliant at least, or, or at least just not make to making any waves. And every year we read this story, and twice in the story the angel appears unto us through it and says, fear not. How might we rightly respond to that? There's way too much to fear, y'all. There's way too much the world is demanding of me. That's too much to ask. I'm gonna head for the hills myself, I think. I'm gonna go binge watch The West Wing for the 10,000th time, because that's, that's comforting and a nice fantasy land to live in. I'm gonna stick with my fear, thank you. At least I know how to deal with that or, or shunt it away for a little while. How might Mary and the shepherds have rightly responded in that moment? They could have remained in that state of fear, but instead they make a different choice. In those moments, Mary, the shepherds, decide to trust the angels. Decide in this moment to put their faith in something bigger than the structures of earthly human power. Choose to follow the angels because they understand at that moment that they are part of a much bigger love in the world that they can have a hand in, that they can take part in. So why tell this story year after year in a Unitarian Universalist church of all places where many would be happy if I never said the words God or Jesus ever again? Why tell this story year after year when we know that the world continues to be a dark place? We are stuck in the ruts of our divisions. The chasms are wide and seemingly unbridgeable. And it seems awfully simplistic and naive to call back to this simple, 
yet still somehow radical story. Seems naive in the face of all that weighs us down. But like Mary, and like the shepherds, we have a choice. We have a choice to put our faith in something bigger than ourselves, something bigger than the powers that divide us, something bigger than the hate and the division that keeps us separated. Tonight we celebrate love and hope renewed and reborn and especially the love and the hope and the joy reborn with the birth of every child, which is happening again and again and again and again right now. And we celebrate a renewal and a rebirth that needs our hands. Needs the nurture of our hands, this child. So the angel has appeared unto us and has said, fear not. What do we choose? We could give in to the fear. Sure enough, it's so easy. We could put some trust in the angels. In that message that we still repeat year after year after year, trying time and again to reach through into our fear-frozen hearts and find courage and a way to begin again. Fear not, but trust there is truth in the power of love reborn. Fear not, but instead cast your own love out in spite of the wolves and the empire. Fear not, but instead roll up our sleeves. Let our hands be the one that nurture the Prince of Peace, the promise of peace wherever and whoever it may reside in, born again and again. May it be so.